We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. Coming to you live on Wednesday, August 31st. Boys, it is about September, which means it's officially NBA Training Camp Month. Let me know for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got the pit boss, Taylor Peterson, with me. That's right. Pit master in the making right here. Just bought my first uh, smoker. AKA pellet grill, kind of cheating a bit, but you know, what'd you get? Fun. Uh, did a pit boss. He got a pit uh, boss. That's why he's the pit until boss. Labor, yeah, that's why I'm the pit boss. Wait until Labor Day. Got that Labor Day deal. I'm getting a pit boss, but I'm doing the flat top, like the griddle. Ooh, so going for like the black and bacon. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Flat tops are awesome, dude. Love them. That other voice you just heard was Nick Crane. Nick Crane. Growing out a flat top, I'm gonna to be shaving it off here soon and making it just flat top and a mustache. <laughs> flat top, mustache, and a flat top. Call him Nicholas Shumpert. There you go. <laughs> I'm into it. I am into it, gentlemen. Uh, not a lot of NBA news recently. Uh, RJ Barrett signed a big old contract with the Knicks. We'll be Thank breaking God. that down tonight. That's a joke. We're not really gonna do that. Um, <laughs> Nothing else, really, unless you want to talk about some random hiring for the Denver Nuggets. But I think in Oklahoma City, and for Oklahoma City fans, the big news, the reverberating news still, is the Chet Holmgren injury. We've probably got to change the intro to the pod, because every time I see Chet Holmgren dap up Adam Silver and hear, with the number two pick, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren, it just makes makes me need to take another depression pill. I'm going to have to double up the dose. It just, it sucks. It, it sucks. does suck. I agree. We, if you haven't listened to our Sunday episode yet, highly suggest you do so. We talked all about the Chet fallout. We talked about the positive things that were said about Chet once the injury happened. We talked about 
some trades that may happen if uh, the Thunder decide to still try to stay competitive and, and bring somebody in for this year and to pair with Chet in the future. We dove into where Chet's minutes per game will be reallocated to and amongst what other players. We didn't touch on one thing, though, that I think we really have to dive into tonight, guys. It's a discussion that I don't want to have. It's a discussion that is already annoying me on the internet. We're going to have to deal with it all season. I think it's good for us to have a candid discussion about this. What is the Chet Holmgren injury and the assumed failure of a year? If we're allowed to say that, I, I don't know if that's like actually like the thing. But what does all of this mean for Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is starting the first year of his five-year no-opt-out contract? And should the Thunder entertain the thought of trading Shea? I know it's a hot-button topic amongst Thunder fans. Uh, they are very defensive about Shea. Fans all across the league, every team is tweeting out their crazy Shea trades. But I think it's a discussion that we really need to sit down and have is how does Chet's injury and basically a, a lost season, what what position does it put the Thunder in with SGA? So I guess my first question for you two is just, should this be a thing that the Thunder front office entertains? No. Um, like, Chet or not, this team's not going to be good. Like, I... I, I understand it's the dog days of summer and folks need something to talk about and there's you know chet out for the year what does that mean for the thunder yada 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 like they were projected to win what 24 25 26 games maybe now it's like 22 23 it's no different like shay if shay was going to be upset that this team would be bad this year he would have already been upset and requested it. It's the same. It's a different team on paper, and it's going to be a lot less fun when your number two pick's not playing. But the outcome of this season for Oklahoma City is no different. So why is the narrative surrounding Shea different? Let me, let me offer and play devil's advocate here for a second, Nick. Uh, and Taylor, I want your opinion on this as well. Um, I'm going to use, we have like Nick-isms on the pod. We have Taylorisms on the pod. I'm going to use a Nickism right here. Uh, I think in a vacuum, that's like, that's Nick's favorite thing is everything is in a vacuum. Man <laughs> owns like numerous Hoover It has, it has to be. Yeah, but in a Nick vacuum. Likes like, vacuums. I like rabbit holes. Yeah. Silva likes funny puns and jokes. And the fellows. And, and the fellows. <laughs> um, Nick, in a vacuum, like, Having missing Chet this season, I agree, doesn't change the win-loss total. But what about the 23-24 season when you could be going in with Chet with a with a full year of experience under his belt uh, and really ready to, to make that second-year leap? Um, when, when we zoom out from being up close on this season and we zoom out to 30,000 feet and we look at Shea's entire contract and how Chet missing this season, like how much does that affect seasons down the road because i think we all kind of felt like the 23 24 season you've got chet coming into year two j-dub coming into year two uh giddy coming into year three everyone's kind of starting to find a groove coming into their own you're probably adding one more lottery pick and then it's go time does this change the calculus there at all i think sam presti said it best 
five years, 10 years, whatever you want to look at. I just don't see a world where you look at Chet and think if he ends up being good, like we think he still can be. I don't think people are going to look back and say, man, but what if he had played that rookie season? Like special generational players, it's not going to matter. Like Joel Embiid, are we looking back saying, man, how much better could Joel have been if he'd have played his rookie year? We're not because he's just good. If you know? he had just, you know, two full years at Kansas. Like I agreed. Maybe next year for sure, Jacob, that's a thing. Like he's going to have an adjustment period coming off injury. Um, maybe he's not as skinny. Like this is an opportunity to just eat and work out your upper body for the next year. Right. Um, I think five years from now though, it, it doesn't matter at all. Like if he ends up being good, he's going to end up being good. If Chet's the kind of player we think he can be three years from now, even two years into actually playing, he's going to be good. And we're not going to say, man, that rookie year would have just put him at a new level. Yeah. Well, and it's not just us either. It's NBA GMs as well. I, Jacob, I don't mean to steer the conversation away from Shay, um, but I was trying to find some time tonight to plug this a little bit. Um, I was listening to a pot. Well, first of all, Joe Masato did a, a really great in-depth article with Oklahoma where he interviewed, I believe it was like five uh, orthopedic surgeons around the OKC area. Just kind of got their opinion on it. I'm going to be honest when I was reading through it. First of all, it was great. I highly encourage everybody to go and read it, but um, it was a little bleak, even like long-term. You know, he they weren't saying necessarily that Chip's going to have long-term implications because of this, or uh, long-term like further injuries and implications because of this injury, but that he could continue to like feel discomfort for a long time, specifically arthritis due to this injury, which anyways, all that to say that was a little bleak. So it was refreshing today when I was listening to uh, basketball Illuminati. I think I mentioned them a, a couple episodes ago when we were podcasting, which is a uh, Dan uh, Lebetard network show, but it's um, Tim Donahue, um trying to think I'm going blank on all the people. Anyways, Regardless, they had on Jeff Stotts of In Street Clothes, and essentially he's also like a basically an injury expert, doctor, etc. They kind of gave he kind of gave it rundown of Chet's injury, and it actually was a little more optimistic for me because he was talking about first of all how great the Thunder organization is. Um, I guess for NFL players, since this is obviously uh, we've talked a lot about this, but more of an NFL player uh, or an injury that NFL players experience, you know, they're typically out about eleven months. So it did not surprise him whatsoever that Chet was announced out for the season. He says that gives Chet the, the ability to rehab and also doesn't put that pressure on him that he used the comparison to Zion, right? Well, is Zion ready this week? Is he ready this week? We saw an Instagram video of him, you know, jumping off a trampoline floor. Is he ready this week? You're not going to have that with the Thunder. He also mentioned how great the Thunder's medical staff is, like top tier. I thought that was exciting as well. So all of that to say, I, I found it up. Uh, pretty optimistic and I highly encourage people to go and listen to that. But with that being said, I do not think this changes chase trade value any more than what, or sorry, not trade value. Um, the thunders like availability. Yeah, available, yeah. Thank you. Availability any more than what Pressy was already looking or, or his availability already was. And what I mean by that is like, I still don't think at any point this season, last season, the season before that, that any single player on this Thunder team were, you know, untouchable. I think Russ was untouchable at one point. I think Kevin Durant was untouchable at one point. I still don't think a single player on this team was untouchable. I don't mean that Presti's going to go and trade Shea, but, uh, or he's looking to trade Shea, 
But if somebody comes, you know, with a Paul George like offer to, you know, to obtain Shea Gildas Alexander, do you guys not think that Presley would go ahead and pull the trigger on that? Like, I think there's not a zero percent chance that he wouldn't trade Shea. Um, for me, and Nick, I'm interested if you agree with this. I just think all the parameters around everything lead to you to think that it would have to be crazy. I mean, he's starting the first year of a five-year deal. There's no opt-out. He is the crown jewel in your Paul George trade. I think, again, I'm, I'm trying to remove the blue and orange glasses here. I'm trying to look at this very unbiasedly, and it's just as a uh, an NBA person and not a Thunder person. I think he's one of like the most underrated guys in the league. I think he doesn't get like a lot of national attention because of how bad the Thunder have been. Uh, a lot of people love to make the Devin Booker comparison, like the book from three years ago, playing for a bad Phoenix team, but he's a good player. And sometimes people say, oh, he's a good stats on a bad team type of guy or whatever. Like, I think he's really slept on. Um, I think he already should have been an all-star. I think he's better than DeJounte Murray, who made an all-star last year. Uh, I think Spurs fans and people who cover the Spurs would also say the same. Uh, they actually have said the same to me. I think he's kind of slept on. Like Sam Vecini on his pod recently said, he thinks as early as next season, Shea can be a top 20 guy in the NBA. I just don't see a team in the situation that Oklahoma City is in, in a rebuild, trying to, to piece their way back to the top. When you have a guy like that who is young, who was on a super long contract at the very beginning of it, like you don't trade that guy because those are the types of guys you are actively trying to acquire. I'd agree. Um, we'll say in a vacuum just because you've got us <laughs> on the track. Uh, and there's, there's, if Shea were to be traded, it doesn't have to be straight up for another guy. Obviously, there's pick packages, although I don't think Presty's interested in a billion more picks. Um, and there's, you know, multiplayer deals and stuff, but if you were presented the opportunity to trade Shea straight up for any player in the league, one for one, I think it's less than seven guys. Interesting. That's a low number. That would even be in the conversation. Like let, list me, list me eight then. List me eight guys you think Che would be traded. And I'm not, I'm not saying in a situation where he's requested out and the leverage is all against Presty, but like just straight up, if you had the opportunity to trade him for any player in the league and you'd be and happy with Presty. And you're saying like who name yeah. name more than seven. I think I think context is important. Like, see, I don't know if they are interested in going for like a massive superstar type of guy. And like I also think we have to talk realistic here like are the bucks trading Giannis for sga right right oh, no, 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 no i'm saying i'm saying like if, if dallas, i think dallas would be take, if dallas would do luca for shea that would obviously be you one. take right yeah and, I, and i'm talking i'm Giannis talking for shea would be two yes Jokic for shea would be three yes, yes. and bead for shea gets interesting but see but i i think in this exercise taylor we can't count those first three because there's just no way in hell that's happening i mean you get mark cuban uh, as high as Snoop Dogg, uh, <laughs> he's still not like no agree. calling that one off. So, so let me throw out some different ones. Let me throw out some, and you guys tell me yes or no. Cade Cunningham. No, oh, that is yes. really, really, really tough. 
Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to say yes. Also. Lamelo ball. No. Interesting. Um, That's another really good one though. I think people would disagree that aren't Thunder fans on that. Paulo Bancaro. Mm, I probably would. <laughs> but man. Yes. Jalen Green. No. no. Evan Mobley. Yeah. Also a yes. Okay. Um, Scotty Barnes. No. No. Raptors fans want to talk and about like bringing Shea home all the time. Um, yep. Who are some other young, promising guys that kind of fit that mold? Like John Morant, they're not trading him. The, Jason, Jason Tatum, they're not trading him. Luca, they're not trading him. What about Jalen Brown, though? Nah, since you mentioned the Celtics, I... I wouldn't do it for Jalen. I love Jalen. I'm not doing shade for Jalen. I wouldn't either, especially in a vacuum. But, um, I mean, if you had the opportunity to pair, again, playing devil's advocate here, not um, advocating for this, but you get the opportunity a certain point a year from now, let's say the Thunder get another top six, seven pick in this loaded 2023 draft, and then uh, maybe a part of that is is trade, well, not in this situation. Anyways, let's say they trade Shea. For Jalen Brown, you have Giddy, Brown, Chet, whoever you drafted in that next draft, maybe a Shea replacement. I could see it at least, but I, I'm with you guys. I wouldn't do that in a vacuum. What about, uh, I'll throw two more, Darius Garland and Bam Adebayo. Either one of those guys. I'm out on Bam. The Darius one is fascinating. Um, I don't know if I do. I think they're very comparable. I think uh, Ant Edwards, the Timberwolves say hell no. Here's one. I think that this team says no, but Zion Williamson. I think both teams say no. I think yeah. so too. The Pelicans have invested so much in Zion and like tried yep. to push the agenda so hard. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, I don't think that Sam would take that risk. Although I, I personally would. I don't know if Sam would. Kenny Moore in the chat brings up a question that I was actually just about to ask. What about next? He says, what about next summer after we get scoot? My question was going to be, what if the Thunderland pick eight next 2023 draft? Would you trade Shea and eight to go get scoot at two? No, would Ooh, not. That, that was very defiant, Nick. I like that. I mean, let's take what, what if it's one for one B? Let's Wait, just take scoot. One. You're saying Shea and eight for Wimby? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you have that big of a gap between those two? Yes. I, I think so. Like, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Scoot is going to be really good, but he's 6'1", 6'2". Not a good shooter today, but probably will be. Like He'll be okay. As, as good as he'll be, like I think he'll be really good. You can find those guys. Mm-hmm. Wimby, you may not see another... Even if he doesn't work out, you take the risk. You may not see that kind of guy for another... 30 years. He just screams Sam Presti too. I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys something does not, but I don't think we have to even like throw specific names out there. Let's just say that Sam Presti knows that either his first guy, which is probably when Binyama or his second guy, like we said, in a very loaded 2023 draft class um, is going to be there too. Like I could see a world and look, maybe this doesn't happen unless Shay specifically requests out or, you know, maybe not publicly, but shows interest in going elsewhere. I could absolutely see a situation where the Thunder go ahead and, or Presti goes ahead and tries to trade up for two, three, four with Shea and his eighth pick, for example, 
to go and get a guy that he feels is a good replacement, um, but also fits the the age of this young core. Maybe See, at that point, he's too good to move up five picks. Yeah, at that point, I'm trading eight and future picks. I'm yeah. trading Clippers picks to move yeah. up. Speaking of, I it's August 31st, 2022. I know Nick has is writing for the site about like draft prospects. Just fundamentally as a human being, I refuse to dive into draft content yet. <laughs> like I am not mentally prepared. I just I've got already, done with the last cycle. Already have done it. I love it. But those Thompson twins, dude. Holy shit. They're so athletic. I it have is, uh, never like I I don't I'm going to I'm going to say some crap that's just going to get me in trouble on the podcast. I don't know if I've ever seen an athlete just kind of float like mm-hmm. a men Thompson does. I mean yeah. the way he just like Russ especially young Russ, crazy violent athlete is how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. John ja Morant mixes this smooth plus violent athleticism into this like beautiful song, right? Amen, like watching that, is that how you pronounce it? Amen, Thompson? Amen. Is that accurate? Amen. The way that dude gets off the ground, it's it's not like he's exploding off the ground. It's just like he he floats. Glides. Like he, he floats very fast. And a lot of people <laughs> think Asar is going to be better, but neither of them can shoot, which is neither the Neither of them can shoot at yeah. all. Now, Asar can, can play make. Um, yeah. But there's like there's guys in this draft. I think at this point, I still like better than the Thompson twins. Oh yeah, uh, they're, they're the only ones that I've watched so far. But I'm yeah, just, no, I, I, to your point, I, I, that's, the only reason I, I watched it was because Keandre did a video and it popped up on right. my YouTube algorithm. Yeah, yeah. So. no, I know what you mean. And again, we won't dive into draft prospects uh, <laughs> too early. But the season, we're not even a training camp yet. We can't we talk tra- about next year's draft, guys. <laughs> what what are we at on on one for one trades? By the way, is that is that about seven? Like, is that is my number roughly? Accurate? Yeah, yeah. So one he, for ones are hard. They are. Um, what, what about this trade package? I thought about this the other day. Would you take a package from the Golden State Warriors that included Kuminga? This one was coming. <laughs> Kuminga, Poole, Wiseman, Wiseman. And oh my Rudy. gosh! God, you. I think you have to. All of them? Yeah. I think. I mean, you that's have that's to. a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I would hate it. I'd be excited about the return, but man, Shea, Curry, Clay, Draymond, that certainly extends. For the record, I love our friends over at the Timeline Podcast, but their Phoenix Suns need to trade for Shea. Um, I don't know that this propaganda this propaganda that they're they're spewing out right now. I love you, dudes. What are you going to trade for him? That's what I quote tweeted. Cam Johnson like, in a first. <laughs> I'll spread Devin. my ass and you can kiss it, man. Like <laughs> staring to the abyss, buddy. We're not doing that. Devin Booker in a first, for being real honest. And and here's people also talk about like when I say people, like generic NBA fans, especially of other teams. Well, Shay's probably gonna ask out. He doesn't want to tank again. You know okay. what? Shay's on a five-year contract. You know who else asked out and couldn't get traded? Kevin freaking Durant. Perfect segment to my hot take. Uh, that I want to run by both of you. And mm. I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Birdman rubs hands dot gif. Let's if get it. If Shea were to come out, uh, it, since it, all this has happened this offseason, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, if Shea were to come out tomorrow after we publish this podcast and uh, not demands or, or request a trade, 
I think his trade value, based off of his age, his production value, also his injury history, very little, is higher than those other two players as it stands due to his contract. Like I said, his injury history. Kevin Durant's what, what obviously players? a better player. Donovan Kevin Durant and, KD. and Donovan Mitchell. Ooh. I know Don I, I know KD's trade value was so high that a trade just didn't materialize. But he's much older, right? He's injury getting prone. older. He has very injury prone, has has some serious lower body injuries, which is concerning because of all those things. And with it, honestly, and this probably shouldn't count, but I think it does, like Sam Presti being at the helm, kind of like with Sam, uh, not Sam Hankey, goodness. Um, why am I going blank on the Celtics old bat- president of basketball operations? That's almost Ainge, Danny Ainge. Yeah, Danny Ainge, thank you. It, Speaking anyways, of almost I think Ainge, Presti, struck again. He's not going to take anything, that's just astronomical. So all of that being said, I am going on record on the podcast saying that <laughs> I think Shea's trade value would be higher than what Kevin Durant's was this offseason and Donovan Mitchell's. I've got, I've got a I, I, Mitchell. I could see. Uh, I think KD would have demanded, and and that's probably why it didn't work out. Like the biggest trade in history. I got a question sure. for you, Taylor. <laughs> How many more games has Shea played than KD the past two years? Ooh, this is gonna make me sad. I can already tell. I know one. Oh, wow. I was gonna say ten. Wow. So. Ooh. Well, yeah, but like if he were she on a was team, injured. let me uh, let me go against that my hamstring anti, was fine. They just want my to pro tank him. propaganda. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. I yeah. do. I do wonder if at some point this season he's not going to request a trade. But I do think Shea might say, "Quit it with the milk let and the play, I'm I'm playing ball. Let me play. I basketball. hope he does, and let yeah. my teammates play basketball. Also, yeah, Taylor just said his pro tank propaganda, which makes me think that towards the end of this season we need a new sound drop. Of a, like a dub over of Hank Hill saying pro tank and pro tank accessories. <laughs> I think that is much. That's needed. actually good for our tank sounder. I love it. Um, I don't think Shay's going to ask out. We would Me never either. know. We didn't know Paul asked out, right? We didn't know Russell Westbrook was working behind the scenes to try to get out. We would never know. Maybe they're all just really good liars. And good at putting on a public face, but I don't know. Just, just the the approach Shay had at exit interviews, like that was a decision for him to come in and be so positive. I think that means something, right? Um, they all seem kind of bought in. It's interesting. And Nick, you were kind of part of those exit interviews back in April. A same theme from a lot of the young guys, which was, I'm very excited about the future and the team, the front office the coaching staff has been very forthcoming with their plan and, and what the rebuild looks like. And I think that level of transparency, like it means something to these guys and that they are buying into a, a bigger vision. Now that doesn't mean that in January when they're losing every freaking game, Shay doesn't get exhausted and, and has a change of heart. I mean, he's a 24 year old kid. You could never blame him for that. But it really trying to take off the the thunder bias, I just I don't see a world where Shea Gilgis Alexander isn't starting on this team in 2023, 2024 with another lottery pick with Josh Giddy and with Chet Holmgren. Agreed. Maybe it'll be Taylor's draft crush, Cam Whitmore. Now we're talking. I I'd be fine. Taylor fired off a uh, hot take. You want my hot take? Yes, I would like your hot take. 
Here's my hot take. Shea is starting the 2023-2024 season for the Oklahoma City Thunder next to Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, and Jada. So where is Lou Dort? Who the hell knows? You, you can't you can't say that without giving <laughs> Ooh, us a reason. He, uh, He's playing off the bench. He has been traded on draft night to move up in the draft to get one of our uh, now guys that, we talked about. I would trade eight and Dort to get up to four or five, like you mentioned earlier. But Shea... Mm-hmm. Fair. Because there's Fair. always a good chance that the guy you take at three is not even as good as the guy that's there at eight. You don't trade away Shea for that, that, uh, that small delta. I've been thinking a lot about Shea, and I know we probably need to move on, but I have been thinking a lot about Shea. Like, and this is probably just the... Thunder fan homerism in me. I'm kind of putting on my blue and orange glasses back on, like Jacob put in our doc. You took them uh, off to remove them. Yeah, I know, but um, I don't know. I could see a world where Shea is an all star this season just because he just has taken another leap. I don't think that's, that world is hard to see. Like scorched. I think earth. that's the. I think that's the world we're living in. Honestly, well, and like, then, I think he will be an all star next year. So, do you have to shut him? down again like come or just I don't, I don't think play. they will I don't, I don't think they I don't, I don't, I don't think, think they, they will, will either but but are we maybe discounting how good the Thunder could potentially be even without Chet because to Nick's point even though it and both of your guys' points I should say like as as much as we want to see Chet on this team as much as he would help especially later on in the season is it really is he is losing him like worth 10 games for example you know what yeah. I mean no that's a good point especially when you got J-Dub averaging 12-4-2 Exactly. I think J Dub's a rookie of the pretty year. damn good lock to make an all rookie team. Like I would, I, think so. I would Dude, be very I th- confident. In I that. think he's going to be really good. I Which really I think do. goes back to Jacob's um, point a couple podcasts ago that he'll probably be starting to close the season. I love it. I love um, it. I think a lot of time, especially with the Chet news, like the Chet news, freaking sucks, dude. Like it just sucks. We were all so excited, but I think sometimes we get caught up in the new shiny toy that we forget about old reliable. And I just think Shea is going to be a mother effer next year. Like the, like Taylor just mentioned scorched earth. Like the dude is going to come out and just effing cook. I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what it looks like. Uh, I think he'll be an all-star this year. I think he's been on the precipice the past few years. I think he should have been an all-star at least one of the past two years, um, two years ago, the stats were just absurd and he deserved it last year. I know the stats weren't as good. The team wasn't as good, but I unequivocally, I think Shea is way better than DeJounte Murray and DeJounte Murray didn't deserve that, that nod on the injury DeJount- reserve. DeJounte was better last year, but not holistically. The dude almost averaged a triple double. That's, I mean, Fair. That's fair, but I think Shea's the better player. I agree, totally I agree. Too. But statistically, he was better. Yeah, than he was better. Definitely. Did you guys? I, I know we push back on these kind of things, especially during the dog days of the NBA summer. Uh, but did you guys see that video clip of of Shea, Shea. cooking Evan, Evan yes. Mobley? Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right into the bloodstream, baby. Shoot it up. Um, any more thoughts on Shea before we move on? I mean, why not MVP? My last thought on Shea. If you're really the guy, the MFer that Jacob's referring to, I want to see the it on dog the is inside end. of him. I want to see it on defense. Yes, I would agree with that. 
I do not think we would see it this season, Nick. Uh, Why not? Like, I think we're going to see it until the Thunder are literally in playoff contention again. It's my feeling. I'm not, I would like to see it. I'm also kind of disappointed that we don't see it more from Shea. If you're a dog, you shouldn't have to turn it on in the big game. You should be a dog. For, For what it's worth, this isn't an excuse. But I think having Chet on this team would have allowed other guys to shine defensively as well. Yeah. yeah. I think having that backside rim protection, uh, that do it all kind of guy changes the defensive role for guys on this team and would allow them to excel in their role. I would like to see Shea buy in more defensively, give more of a shit on that end of the court for sure. Yeah. He has the tools to do so. I just think it would have looked a lot different with Chet out there. Same situation. Anthony Edwards being able to gamble a little more this season with Rudy Gobert protecting the rim behind him. You know, like, I mean, that's that's obviously amplified more, but. Definitely. All right. We're going to take a quick break, tell you guys about the sponsors for the week. And then we're going to talk about some player projections. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast. And I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back. Gentlemen. Something I thought was really fascinating that I wanted us to talk about on the pod tonight. The website 538.com 
has released their 2022-2023 NBA player projections. I think this is really fascinating. So they use, I think this is their statistic that they made. It's called a Raptor. Uh, it's just a ridiculous acronym for for a stat that looks at um, uh, player total on, off, and value over replacement player and all this other stuff. But they use these stats to identify similar players throughout NBA history uh, to develop a forecast on what current players may look like. Like basically they're coming up with comps. So after putting all the data into the equation, 538 spits out 10 possible player comps. Um, let's say one of the comps is Chris Bosch for, for a guy. They will also tell you what statistical year that player kind of compares to with Chris Bosch. So maybe it's Chris Bosch in 11 or Chris Bosch in like 09 or something. Um, and then it gives a similarity number between one and a hundred. The higher the number, uh, the more similar to that player you are. I wanted to take some time tonight and go through some Thunder players. And we're actually going to pull up the 538 uh, screen right here. I wanted to take some time tonight and go through some Thunder players. I think looking at rookies isn't fair because they don't have NBA data. Uh, so it, it just spits out like wild stuff. But I wanted to look at some Thunder players and talk about some of the comps and some of the the things that 538 projects and see where we disagree. And I think it only makes sense for us to start the guy we were just talking about, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So 538 lists him and under their category as an up-and-comer. They say his five-year market value is $95 million, which would be below what his max extension was. Here are the comps. Number one, with a similarity of 58, last season, De'Aaron Fox. They have number two at Zach Levine, 2020. Uh, number three, Donovan Mitchell, 2021. Number four, 03, Kobe Bryant. Number five, like 2021, that. Booker. Uh, number six, 1979, Walter Davis, folks. It's the one I had in my head. Yeah, same. Kyrie Irving in 17, Brandon Knight in 16, Brandon Ingram in 22, and Eric Gordon in 13. I what jumps hate out that there, last guys? one, but um, Gordon did have a really good year in 13. I just I, I think the thing that's, that sticks out to me the most is of those top three, you know, there's two guys there that I think we always see here or even have discussed the comparisons of or debated who is better, that kind of thing with Darren Fox and Donovan Mitchell, right? I think that's fair. One thing that I find interesting, Nick, I'm interested if if you kind of caught this as well. Um most of these guys are guards, obviously. But they're all bucket getters. Like Shea is comparing to some of the the best buckets in the league. Twenty twenty Zach Levine, like that dude was cold. Uh, Donovan Mitchell two years ago, De'Aaron Fox, Devin Booker, Kobe freaking Bryant, Kobe Bryant two thousand. Like that's he's just he he compares a lot to guys that are just bucket getters, and I think that's fascinating. Although I think his game is a little bit different than those guys. Shea is way less athletic than Zach. He's less athletic than Donovan Mitchell, but the craftiness and the skill um, is just off the charts. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like I, I think uh, Kyrie is an interesting one because <clears throat> just the way that they're, they're very different. Cause Kyrie is a super like street ball dribbling, like 
he's just crazy with with the handle and Shea's not that but Kyrie is also a kind of below the rim guy uses finesse to get around super crafty with his with his moves um I didn't expect to see that one but that one actually makes quite a bit of sense I think the same thing about number five Devin Booker book is typically not an above the rim type of player uh incredible footwork with D book uh, I see a lot of that in Shea as well. So I think that one's fascinating. Also, just like kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, trading Shea, like how many, you mentioned they are friends over at the Timeline podcast. Like how many times do you think they had that conversation on their podcast when about the Buck. Suns were going through there? Yeah, their mm-hmm. rebuild. Um, some of these stats on the left side over here with Shea, uh, it shows percentile on different things. So he's like way below percent, um, like very low percentile on weight. Draft position's a little bit higher. The usage off the page, free throw frequency almost off the page, and assist percent off the page. Love to see all of those. Um, I think his free throw frequency is going to be integral for him. Uh, Nick, you choose. Which player are we, we going to talk about next? Let's take a look at Derek Favors. What a deep cut. A guy Gross. that's not going to be on the team. We just lost like half of our live viewers. <laughs> Derek Favors, rotation player, five-year market value, ten point three million. His comps: Ed Davis, Bill Winnington. Um, I don't even give a first name for this guy. Arnes, <laughs> I don't, dude. I'm, I'm not gonna. Nestorovic, Chris Humphreys, Amir Johnson. Hey, Nick Collison. There we go. I think there'd be something fun about this. There's a good one. And one interesting thing is all of his similarity numbers are very low. The highest one yeah. is 39. One of a kind. I like it. Not much like Derek Favors. All right, I think that's all we need to talk about, Derek. <laughs> Taylor, who do you want to go to next? Let's go Joshua Giddy. Josh Giddy. His category is up and comer. His five-year market value, similar to Shay's, at $90.3 million dollars. Um, I just love this, this stat, the passing slash ball handling, his assist percent, the percentile is like in the nineties. It's awesome. Some wild ass comps here, folks. Wild comps. Luol Dang, Sean Livingston, Stanley Johnson, LaMelo Ball, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, (laughs) Josh Smith, RJ Barrett, Bradley Beal, Frank Nilakina, and Tracy freaking McGrady. I kind of like that T-Mac one, but yeah, those are all over the place. I wish, the they thing, had, uh, I wish they had feature importance where you could see what feeds the similarity score for each of these guys. Yeah, true. To me, now, granted, th- this is like, all based on size. Yeah, me. exactly. Jang, 2006. Six, eight, six, nine. So Jang had an efficient season in 2006. and that's Dang, like, you're, 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 you're getting too much Jack. into the thunder. Oh, I'm getting that Usman. Yes. OJ Dang, Usman. Jang, uh, shake that thing. This. You're right. Sorry, that have it. Dang. <laughs> Um, dang <laughs> no fun intended Sean Livingston is is kind of interesting just because he was a taller playmaker kind of like Shea is uh, or sorry like Josh Giddy is before he see what's interesting is the Luol Deng one is such a high similarity score at 55 number two is oh, Sean Livingston at 40 hmm. I think the closest Lamello one for me is Lamelo. yeah yeah Nick what do you not like about this one um 2010 Frank Nilakina. Yeah, let's say Frank Frankie. <laughs> I don't love because he's a non-shooter. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, arguably the worst jumper in the history of the league. I'll never get over that picture that people share of him where he's 
<laughs> it's so bad. Uh, St- Stanley Johnson, for the most part of his career, non-shooter. Um, that's concerning. That's something that we're going to talk about a lot for the next half decade. But um, like none of these guys. Well, look at look at on Josh's percentile, true shooting percentage, horrific, very bad, horrific. I I the hope is that when we look at this next year, these comparable players are completely different because yeah, the offense was better, the shooting numbers were better. If the shooting hope- numbers become better, he's. I mean, he's really a one of a kind kind of guy. Yeah. At that size, with that passing ability. Okay, gentlemen, it is my turn to pick a player, and I am going. Live, laugh, love. Alexei <laughs> Pokashevsky. The machine's broken. His category Does not is compute. His category is project five-year market value at twenty-two point three million dollars. <laughs> a lot of money for Poku. Some wild comps. Oh Marquise Chris, Trey Lyles, <laughs> Spencer Hawes, Zach Collins, uh, Yi Jillian, Sasha Pavlovich. Pav, I'm dude. I'm bad with the Eastern European. You're worse than Taylor. <laughs> Tobias Harris, Miles Turner. Hmm. Uh, that's so bad. Rookie year, Miles Turner. That's so bad. Andre Blatch. Interesting for Poku defensive rebounding. Uh, and block percentage are very high on the percentile. Turnovers, very low. He turns the ball over like crazy. Free throw frequency, very low. True shooting, very low. Weight, very low. I'm, I We didn't look at weight for Chet. I'm glad we didn't. Um, I mean, this summer, there's kind of been this narrative building that maybe Poku like is a pretty decent NBA defender. I think that's going to be interesting going into next season to see how he operates as a defender. But what do you guys like and dislike on this chart? I'm sure you like Zach Collins. You've been yeah, hanging Zach on his Collins. coattails since. Yeah, I kind of got off Zach Collins once he went to San Antonio. I don't know. Dang, you got off. That Tobias Collins. Harris one fascinates me. That's like really interesting. Marquise Chris is number one. It's just, it depresses Gross. me. Now, one thing I did find interesting, scroll up a little bit, Jacob. Um, wins over replacement player. So I kind of found this interesting. They had Shays gradually declining, which I think is probably due to his age. And, you know, as you get older, you're, it, it, it would make sense that that would decline a bit. But for Poku, it goes up each year all the way through 2029, which is, uh, I think, pretty inaccurate. And I would say that Shays is probably inaccurate as well. So I'm not entirely sure how they're projecting that, what their formula is, but that's two Thunder players now that I've noticed that and think both of those are wrong. I think Shays will go up and Pokes will go down because I don't think Poke will be in the league past, you know, what, 24? What? That's sad. That's depressing. Wow. Big year for Poku. I have high hopes for him. I'm back. I am fully back. back on board. Jacob watches Denny highlights after Sunday. He watches Boku highlights. Dude, he's, the Denny he's highlights got me ridiculously excited. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say something else. That dude can lock up. Uh, that's awesome. He also can't it. shoot for piss. Nick, who do you want to go to next? The Bayes man. Ooh, Various Baisley. This is an interesting one, folks. Category project. Five-year market value. 
negative $0.2 million. <laughs> you need to pay somebody Ooh. to play Baisley. You don't pay Baisley. That's bad, folks. That is That's real bad. bad. Folks. Um, this is uh, kind of ugly on the left here. Uh, his Ooh. player comps, P.J. Washington, Harrison Barnes, Al Harrington, Travis Outlaw, Darren Williams, that's Omri Caspi. Derek Williams. Oh. oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Makes way more sense. Throwing out a D Williams is just <laughs> I know. Spencer that's, exact, that's what I thought too. Rashid Wallace. Oh God. Well, Rashid, Rashid, Young, Rashid, Jeremy Rashid was a was a NBA champion, Rashid Wallace. Thank you. Let me much. tell you guys something. If Baisley ever lived up to year 2015, Harrison Barnes, absolutely massive success. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely Honestly, massive good success. Comp. Yeah. I mean, Travis Outlaw was pretty good back in the Jeremy day. Jeremy Grant down there at 10. Was. Like, I'd be happy with the 2017 Jeremy. You know, 2017 I, Jeremy Grant was kind of like what Baisley is now. Same same way. role, kind of that off the bench for the Thunder. Jeremy I, Grant. Bet, I bet that maybe this gives you some hope. I would bet you Darius Baisley's numbers that are used for this projection last year are actually probably pretty close to 2015 Harrison Barnes. And he turned out okay. That's fair. I think context is way different. Yeah. Harrison Barnes was good. There are also different players. Well, I say that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Bays is able to. Harrison Barnes wasn't great early on. Outside. Yeah, that's a good point. 2015 Harrison Barnes is Golden State Harrison Barnes as well. Yeah, he averaged like 10 points a game. Like, well, yeah, that's because he's playing next to Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Yeah, what if what if Bays did? You know, you never True. know. Bays is on the team, you never guys. see the light of day. Imagine playing, imagine playing pick up a bunch of scrubs, like versus playing pick up with NBA guys. You're just naturally going to look good. <laughs> what happened to Harrison Barnes? What happened to Harrison Barnes after folks. after he left the Warriors? It's true. Uh, Harrison Barnes right now is really good for the Sacramento Kings. I, as much as I am high on Poku, I am low on Baisley. He's got a lot to prove to me this year, and I think it. I mean, he's got a couple of months because as the trade dad, deadline gets closer, I just I can't get the Hamadou Diallo stuff out of my head. How yeah. his uh, contract year went. Taylor, you got the next one. Who do you want to go to? I'm torn between two players, but I think I'm going to stick with the starters here, or the projected starters, I should say, and go. Let, let's let's do Lugent Stewart. Lugent Stewart, not Lugent. First of his name, Lugent. Lugent. I ple- I pledge allegiance <laughs> God, to the flag, the United States of Dort. Category rotation player, five year market value, fifty eight point six million dollars. That's not too far off from what he signed for. They have his, I think these comps are pretty interesting, folks. Avery Bradley. That seems like a good one to me. 2015. Marcus like Thornton, CJ Miles, Malik mm-hmm. Beasley, Bradley freaking Beal. 2017 Brad Beal. Rodney Hood, Chase Buttinger is just like the what the hell thing on this list. Like literally, I can't read that and think anything besides just what the hell kind of algorithm spit that thing out. <laughs> Clay Thompson, Langston Galloway, and Daniel Booby Gibson. Booby Gibson. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. 2010. What a time. Booby. I kind of like some of these. The Avery Bradley one, the CJ Miles one. I don't see Malik Beasley at all. Um, I don't see Brad Beal at all. Um, 
obviously he's going to be 2014 Clay Thompson. Jesus, I love that imagine? one. That would be Gosh. absurd. Oof. But I, I, I think these ones are are pretty good comps. Like if he became like peak Avery Bradley, like that's pretty good. That's a solid rotation player. That's a it's a solid well, starter. And I remember how like, bad we wanted Avery Bradley yes, uh, in the Mellow PG year. I do, and I remember we wanted him even before that with the KD Russ mm-hmm. uh, era. But but instead, got the drunken dribbler, <laughs> good old Corey Brewer. Um, it, I, I, I could dribbler. see him being like if he's as productive offensively as 2015 Bradley, but has the elite defensive ability that that he's shown. Like that's that's exciting. It's a good one. I'm gonna look at 2015 Avery. Bradley. <laughs> Not a rebounder, Lou Dort. That's his one red. Avery Bradley in 2014-15, 14 points. Three rebounds, two assists, a steal. Shot 35% from three. Also super short. So I take back what I said about him. uh, Jerry Bradley offensive productivity. He's there. That is... 2014 Clay just seems wild to me. What was Clay in 2014, though? 2013-14 Clay Thompson, 18.4 points, 42% from three. Three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Those it, it, the the counting stats there because of Lou's increased role the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, the three point percentage is just the thing that doesn't exactly mm-hmm. agreed. Um, so I will tell you guys, like pre pod, I looked up almost every Thunder player on here. One guy <laughs> I did not look up that I want to go to right now. Uh, Taylor mentioned starters, and I thought this was where he was going to go. J Rob, I'm going J Rob. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Like Category defensive specialist. Oh, five year market value developer. at 19 mil. Amari Spellman, Radion Curix, Jared Sullinger, Kelly Oubre Jr. Weird. Miles Bridges. Let's hope not the off court stuff. <laughs> OG Anunobi. I'm Spun. in on that. What's interesting, the similarity numbers for him are crazy high. The Armari Spellman number got, 75, yeah. that's the highest one we've looked at yet. <clears throat> like his number six, OG, at 57 on a similarity number, that's most guys' number one. That's interesting. That's pretty interesting to me. What have we said all along? He's just a solid dude, like, mm-hmm. which makes sense because he's very similar to a lot of guys. He does a lot of things. Yep. The Kelly Oubre Jr. one is weird. That is weird. Why is he on there? 18 Kelly Oubre? You got to think this this model's not looking at like Kelly Oubre can dunk on people and is like it, it's looking. He plays at, the three or the two. That is weird. He played, kinda, he's, he's played some three and four like combo forward. Huh. Yeah, I just can't think of two more opposite people. I wonder if I wonder if position even is a, is an input to this model. Would you still? I, I think it is. I definitely think it is. Would you feel the same about J. Rob if he was nicknamed Tsunami Poppy? <laughs> um, I don't know. Speaking kinda, of, why does Tsunami Poppy make me think of like an anime character? <laughs> that'd actually be kind of cool. Remember when Kelly Oubre was a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder? They had Kelly Oubre, Stephen Adams, and uh, Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. And good times, and every woman in a hundred mile radius like got pregnant instantly <laughs> from the sexiness of this team. 
And then and we now we have Brooks Peterson. That's right. And Josh Giddy. <laughs> yeah. Ladies love Joshua. They do. Joshua probably loves the ladies as well. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> All kinds of little uh little Aussies. Give us give us musky. Okay. Mike Mutscala. Rotation player. Five year market value at 13 mil. Ooh. Oh man, Mike is getting paid. That's about it. He that's about what he gets. Matt Brown. That's incredible. Lumania Bialitsa, Jonas Jerebko, Gorgie Jang, <laughs> Tiago Splitter, Mirza Toledovic, Ursan Ilyasova. I see Ursan. I kind of see the Nemanja Bialitsa one as well. What's Steve up with Novak. them giving giving all the Mike white all the all the all white, white folks? What uh what year did Ersan play for? I think race plays a role in these analytics as well, folks. <laughs> what year was Ersan OKC? Oh, he would have been twenty fifteen. I was no, it's 16? 16, 17 or 17-18. No, it was earlier than that. Sixteen seventeen. He played three games for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jeremy Grant. Eh? Yep, the Jeremy Grant trade. Because that happened right after the Kevin Durant stuff. And that what was summer of 2016. Holy cow. Yeah, I know, right? I think of it a first as well, but... Um, these ones feel accurate to me. This is like... It's interesting because all of the... Mont Bonner is pretty... All of accurate. the similarity numbers are very low, but I feel yeah. like this one makes the most sense. Anyone True. we've missed that we need to hit, Taylor? Trey Mann. It's the other one I was thinking of. I looked at trades earlier. I think this is a good one. And then um, I was thinking of a couple of the rookies too. I think we probably shouldn't do rookies just because the stats are so wild. Uh, that's Yeah, good point. Wait, no. We have to end on one rookie specifically that we talked about before the podcast because it was fun. Okay. So category. <laughs> they call Trey Man a project. His five-year market value, 25.3. I think these Hi. comps are really good ones. Anthony Simons, Frank Jackson, uh, Rashad McCants. Don't know who that is. Don't know that. Jordan Poole, Daquan Cook, Lonnie Walker the fourth, uh, Gerald Green, Malik Monk. These feel very accurate to me, guys. Number I don't nine, know how Dutch you feel. Chapman made me laugh, but no, I agree. Get Anthony you a bucket Simons and not do much else, huh? Yeah, the Anthony Simons one. We've made that comp before. Yep. You hope we've made the Simons comp. Defense, Jordan Poole's a great we've one. We've made as the well. Jordan Poole comp. Never made the Malik Monk comp. That one's interesting. That is interesting. Daqu- uh, Daquan Cook is is fascinating and the as well. Jordan for Poole comp is last year. Jordan Poole. Oh, and I take was, that. He was good last year. I'm, this I'm really one, excited about Trey. For this this one gives season. me hope. I like this one a lot. I know like these these lot. players play very different positions but we talked about like just re- the exercise we did on um last week's podcast with removing chet from the lineup just where those minutes get distributed and just by default i wonder if trey gets a little more of a role uh, just due to that and and i think with that you know happening i think he could take full advantage of it and, and maybe that's a player that we're sleeping on a lot just because we're excited about guys like you know j-dub and um, some of these other guys coming in could be for sure all right, who was the one rookie you wanted, Taylor? J-Dub, Jalen Williams. <laughs> Mainly because of uh, one of the player comps that Nick Category, saw. okay prospect. What does that mean? What does that mean? Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma prospect. So. 
comps Jeremy Lamb, Devin Vassell, Patrick McCaw, Paul George, Shannon Brown. Yes. Deep cut. Jerome Robinson makes me oh. sad. Zach Levine, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kevin Herter, CJ Ellaby. I really like the Devin Vassell and Paul George ones, guys. Me too. So the we, Nick mentioned I, that I don't think he would ever be available, but last Sunday we talked about trade candidates and we mainly stuck to like big guys. If you could somehow pry Devin Vassell away from the Spurs, I would love that for Oklahoma City. Who you would fit perfect. Whose minutes he taken? But yeah, that's the issue. So you'd be trading away somebody mm-hmm. uh, in that situation. Now the Would you rather have him or Trey Mann? I was just about to say I'd trade Trey Mann for him. Would you? I don't know. It's it's close. <laughs> I don't know. It's close. I think hey, the I saw Trey were... Mann at Lowe's on Monday, and uh, me and him are basically best friends now. What was I, he uh, buying? Was he buying a pit boss too? He, he was not buying. I, he didn't have anything in hand, uh, you know, based off his Instagram post here last week. Looks like my guy not only brought a brand new Lambo truck, but he probably was shopping for his new apartment and house, whatever was in that picture. Uh, makes a lot of sense that he would be at Lowe's. Um, however, he came Trey out Mann's empty-handed. Trey buying he was, some PVC pipe to redo the plumbing. He was walking he was walking out to his switch. new Lambo truck. So, you know, I just I casually rolled down the window and said, Trey, loving the new whip, something of that nature. And I'm, I'm said, now, I appreciate that, bro. And I said, you know, are you excited for the, the, the season? He said, he can't said, wait. No. I'm, and then I, I asked team. him, will you come on the uncontested? And he said, who? And I'm officially it. out on you and out on Trey, man. Now that I know that you guys shop at Lowe's. That's why I need Lowe's. Are you a Home, Home Depot's man? Look. I'm a Home Depot man. Oh, wow. I don't discriminate against the different um, home goods stores when I'm looking for deals. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. That Home Depot theme song on the on the commercial. It, oh, yeah. Shit slaps. See it all over TikTok now. It's a, it's a good song. <laughs> okay. Anyways, J-Dub <laughs> and Paul George. Thank you I, for I tuning did... into the Uncontested Home Improvement home Podcast. <laughs> Shout out Trey Man. He actually was a very nice. It was it was cool of him to uh, not just blow, blow me off. However, what if, what if somebody hit his Lambo truck with a cart? Oh, you know, the, like it was, yeah. Sorry, those... I didn't even mention that. I got to see him get into the lane, like walk up to his his. That's why I said nice car. And can uh, you know those big was, carts they have that you like load nice. up lumber? Yeah. Could you imagine some old man just hitting the side of that? My Lambo dude truck was and... parked like in the <sighs> middle. Of, okay. One advice to Trey Man, who's obviously listening to this podcast. When you're driving that thing, you got to park away from the people. He, he was parking in the, in the middle, middle of everything. The Dude, middle rookie had like, mistake. I mean, it was late. It was like evening, so there was only one car. Next also, to him. what a flex! Still, what an oh, absolute was, flex! Yeah, just casually strolled up to his Lambo truck, and I mean, it's it's pretty sick. Man bought a couple of bottles of spray paint, some caulking, <laughs> and a two by four. <laughs> Loaded up into the back of the Lambo. As we all do. Uh, so hey. I did find, so first of all, before even going into the measurements, the Paul George, uh, J-Dub comp that, that Nick mentioned before we started the podcast, he, he had a little spoiler alert there. But PG uh, obviously came from Fresno State, which is kind of interesting because you, you compare that to J-Dub at um, Santa Clara. And I, I found that interesting as well, mm-hmm. right? And, and kind of that trajectory. PG 6'8" uh that's his height wingspan 611 um and then you compared that to jade that sorry that was his rookie or his yeah his rookie year 
Thank you for clarifying that that was his no, this is, I Well, sorry, I'm, we I'm reading quite off sure. of this. Uh, it was talking about standing reach and all that. Thought that was like, his no, weight. 6'8 <laughs> is not his standing reach. Thought that was some other measurement. Jeez. It might be. It's probably probably you longer. Got so J-Dub measured 6'5 six, uh, in shoes this past offseason uh, with a 7'2 wingspan. Like, there's, there's interesting measurements there, all that's the same. We know that they... Kind of have similar games. I just, I don't know. It's it's fun comparing the two, especially when you, you think about Paul George's uh, college career and J Dub's college career and kind of their projections. I think J Dub's gonna be good, guys. Very good. I've Next been Paul on George. for a while now. You're here Next Paul George. No, I think like legit, he's gonna have a great rookie year. Nick said he's feels like he's a lock to make an all rookie team, like be one of the top ten rookies. Um, I. F- we're just kind of firing stuff off tonight. So I'm going to say it. I think by the time this season is over, there's going to be a lot of folks asking how he didn't go like top eight. Like, I think we're going to look at him after rookie year and think, wow, like he's so much better than Johnny Davis. Ooh, okay. Shaden so, Sharp. Um, you know, some of these other guys, not in the, not that they will be similar type of players, but is he? Do you think he will be the Herb Jones of this draft class? Is, is that a fair comp to make, or would Herb not go top? I don't 10 think probably? Herb because Herb went like second round. You know, yeah, fair. I mean, J Dub already has some hype because he is a top twelve pick. You know, good point, gentlemen. You guys got anything else to say? Anything you need to get off your chest? Um, Usman Jang. We haven't talked oh, about him a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying we look at his little profile. What do you guys consider a successful season? You can't say just build for the future like he gets better. What's a, a successful season for Usman? Oh, Jay? my God. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> Usman Jang's number two comp on this thing. I know we said we weren't going to do rookies. Just just take a freaking guess. Who Usman Jang's number two? Poku. Nope. I'm going to guess um, Giannis. I've got one Giannis more guess. Giannis on Tentacupo. Oh, I was going to say Kevin Durant. Well done, Nick. Well done. This thing is all over the place. He's got Giannis, Andres Biedrens, Sasha Pavlicic. I'm still butchering the Eastern European names. <laughs> Nick Batum. Korolev, who I've never even heard of before. Who? Why Korolev? Huh. I'll look him up real quick. Um, <laughs> I mentioned, I think it was the last pod or two pods ago. I see Usman's trajectory this year looking very similar to Trey Mann's last year. I think he'll play a little bit to begin the year. I think when the G League starts, he's going to get G League burn. And then he'll come back from the G League and find himself in that rotation just because there's not a whole... I mean, they have Poku and Baisley who are like very much projects at that like big wing, maybe still some some minutes at center type of guys. I think Usman needs to be in that mix and get those opportunities as well. And so I think he will. Um, we, I mean, Nick, we talked about it all summer league. The dude just got to be more physical. Yep. He's got to be more physical. I think there are some really interesting tools. I think he could be very good defensively. Like, I think by the physical, 
I think by the end of this year, if he's more physical, he at the like in March, April, I think he there's a chance he's progressed to be like as good as Darius Baisley is like right now. Wow, I like mm. like that. My my boring People, answer. I mean, the, Darius Baisley is a fine defender, but he's not like world changing. I think I think Usman could be a really real. I think he already is a good defender. Um, I think he's incredibly long. Obviously, I think, I think he moves his defender. feet. He moves his feet very very well. Um, like I would love to see Usman get the chance to guard guys like Jeremy Grant. If your uh, if your benchmark for Usman this season is to be better than Bays, I think you'd be disappointed. Really, I do. Interesting. Rookie I season. think it's gonna be an interesting well, thing to monitor. He's going to have a four minute highlight tape at the end of the year that you're going to say, Holy cow, this guy, how didn't they, how didn't he win rookie of the year? Mm-hmm. But if you go watch the tape, I think he's going to have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes. That's fair. Like Am I, I, I think there'll be mistakes. I think especially like he might get bullied around a little bit physically. And I think it's going to frustrate us not finishing at the rim physically, which is agreed. something that Baisley had a problem with his rookie year as well. Um, I think Baisley still just has, kind of has trouble finishing at the mm-hmm. rim, uh, but Baisley's gotten better at just dunking everything he can possibly yeah. dunk. Uh, I want to see that 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 is the biggest sign of growth for Oost this year for me is just getting that dog in him because right now he doesn't have it. I think he too is more more guard, whereas Baisley's more forward. So that'd be fair. interesting. They could play together. Like that could be kind of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. And I also think about like Giddy's. Uh, or Giddy talking so much about like making that leap from the NBL to the NBA and the difference in the physicality of the, and the speed of the game. Um, if Us can kind of catch up to that speed of the game, I think that will help it, help him be a little more physical on that end as well. I think my original answer was going to be kind of boring, just kind of similar to what Jacob was saying originally. That once he goes to the blue, like we kind of think he will spend some time early on in the blue, so long as he can get regular minutes in the rotation that Dignot feels like he deserves before, you know, they go full on tank. If you want to call it that in March, I think that would be a success, but Jacob kind of gave me an idea there. So those would kind of be like my, my hotter one, a little more interesting one. I think it'll be a very successful season for uh, Jang. If he has beaten out Poku for those rotation minutes towards the latter part of the season, like I said, before they're going full development priority, if that makes sense. I think that could happen. That could definitely happen. I'll throw off one more take before we get out of here. As I'm playing the outro music. The hot take pod. So we have to get out of here. (laughs) Oh, no. Jacob Sounder. Oh, he's back. Okay. Okay. Good. Usman Jeng's going to get those opportunities because they're going to trade Baisley. And... They're trading basically in part because Usman's developed so well. Well done. I like that. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Uncontested. We really appreciate you. Content, more content on the way soon. Uh, we have media days coming up this month. Training camp starting this month. We're just about 31 days away from preseason basketball. It's almost back, baby. We've got a lot of stuff coming up with Daily Thunder soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Hopefully some announcements on some events relatively soon. Um, A lot of stuff in the works, so keep your eyes peeled. We'll be back with you Sunday evening, 9 p.m. Central Time, right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So make plans to join us, hang out, sub to the YouTube channel. 
Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. We'll be back with you guys soon. Until then, as always, thunder up. Shout out my new best friend, Trey Man. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.